Well, welcome to the Helping Families Be Happy podcast, where we explore the often messy world of family, love, and relationships. I'm your host for this podcast, Christopher Robbins, husband, father of nine, founder of Familius, fly fisherman, and outdoor enthusiast living in the beautiful California Central Valley. For the video of this podcast, please view it on the Familius YouTube channel. We welcome today's guest, Maria Sansone. Now, Maria's genuine and authentic approach to broadcasting has won top honors and the hearts of many. A little sweet and a dash of snark, her no-nonsense style of cooking has made her recipes and digital content a social sensation. She's currently the host of NBC10 Boston's premier lifestyle show, The Hub Today, and the Edward R. Murrow award-winning Mom to Mom with Maria Sansone TV show and podcast. From coast to coast, Maria has had an impressive television career spanning three decades. Thanks to winning a slam dunk contest, she got her start in front of the camera at just 11 years old and earned the title, the youngest sportscaster in America. Maria was the anchor of Good Day LA on Fox Los Angeles and a correspondent for New York Live on NBC New York. She's guest hosted live with Regis and Kelly Anderson Cooper Live, Extra, and contributed for to Access Hollywood, ABC, CBS, ESPN, TV Guide Network, and has appeared on The Tonight Show, Good Morning America, The CBS Early Show, Dateline NBC, and more. Maria lives in a seaside town near Boston, Massachusetts, with her husband, Josh, and children, Grace and Benjamin. Today, we're talking about tips for hosting the holidays. This podcast aligns with the familiar habits eat together, play together, and talk together. You can learn more about the familiar 10 habits of happy families by going to the Habit Hub blog on familiar.com. Now, Maria, thanks for joining us. And I have to ask you at the very beginning, you better help us understand a little bit more about the slam dunk contest because I don't know how tall you are, but I mean, I could not elevate that high. Well, let's put it this way. They helped me out with the rim there. So it was not a standard height, obviously. I am five foot one. You can't tell from where I'm sitting now. I was a basketball enthusiast, but I was always the shortest person in the entire league. So at this point, the slam dunk contest that we're talking about that really started my entire quote unquote career, because I was only 11 when that happened. I was at a basketball game with my grandparents. We loved to go and they had this slam dunk contest. I found myself on the court in front of the whole stadium, in front of the whole gym. And they lower the rim and they gave each each kid the ball. And it was me and a bunch of boys. And the kid, the boys were kind of timid and they kind of like dribbled to the basket and just sort of threw it in. Oh no, I was ready. I put the ball between my legs, around my back. I hung on the rim, tongue out, and then was running around like the gym, like, what? what? And everybody went wild. And there was a reporter there from my hometown. This was in Erie, Pennsylvania, where I grew up. And he was there getting stuff for the news that night, just getting images of the game and video and stuff like that. And he was like, this is great. So he interviewed me and he was so surprised at age 11, how much I knew about basketball. I was talking about the coaching. I was talking about the defense wasn't where it was last year. And he was like, who is this girl? What is this? So it was his idea to start using me on the regular news. So I wasn't doing a kid's show. I was doing a sports segment on the actual local news. 
And the segment was called Down to Size with Maria Sansone. And I wound up getting big interviews with major sports celebrities. And I interviewed kids who were doing sports in our area. And it just kind of blew up. But it was all because of the slam dunk contest. And when opportunity knocked, I slammed it, (laughs) so to speak. There you go. Well, a life-changing experience right there at the beginnings of your career. So that's a wonderful story. Thanks for sharing that. Over your right shoulder, we see a book that you recently published. So tell us a little bit about that. And because that is going to lead us into our discussion that you clearly have experience hosting for the holidays. Yes, in many ways. I'm a a TV host by day and I'm a hostess by trade, (laughs) by, by life. Yes, this is my book, baby. Oh, what's for dinner? We've been calling it. No fuss weeknight recipes you'll swear by. So this is my compilation of my favorite entrees that I have had in my life, but I have made them efficient enough to put together on a weeknight so that after a busy day at work, when your hair is on fire, your kids are hungry, you can put something on the table that you feel good about. Because I don't know about your listeners or you, but something about putting together a meal and feeding my family, I feel so great. It's almost like going to the gym or something. Like You feel so great about that once it's done. I enjoy the process as well. I know a lot of people don't enjoy the process as much, but I'm trying to change that. I wanted to just simplify dinner time. I've been listening to my viewers and my, you know, the, my followers on Instagram, and it seemed like dinner time was really a sticky point for them. So I wanted to help them out. So I worked really hard and I found the quickest means to the end for my favorite foods. And there they are. So 65 entrees. No appetizers, no desserts, because mama don't have time for that on the weeknights. This was designed for quick weeknight meals. So 65 entrees and then 10 ride or die side dishes that I go to and use all the time that can be mixed or matched with those entrees. And so far, the feedback has been incredible. And I have a lot of repeat offenders. I have a lot of cookbooks where I'll get one and I'll make one recipe or something, and then it sits beautifully on the shelf. But what I'm learning from the people that have bought this book so far is they keep coming back for more and they're putting these recipes in their repertoire and using them over and over and they're trying different ones. And it just feels so good. It feels so good to be, to know that I'm helping people in the kitchen. Yeah, great story. Now we call it, uh, Familias did publish it for, for full disclosure and we call it, Oh Snap, What's for Dinner? Okay. And our audience can find that wherever books are sold. Uh, one way to find it is just look up Maria Sansone cookbook. I'd be easy to remember, but oh, snap, what's for dinner? Wonderful book. Now, let's parlay that into hosting and for the holidays. So you talked about a simple menu. So how can we think about as we're gathering our family and friends for holiday uh, festivities to not be so stressed about what we're making? I think like just keep it simple, stupid is something I remind myself all the time. Do less, do less. We don't have to. I know we're constantly on social media and Pinterest and all these things. And we're seeing these overdone everything. And you've got to remember that's the highlight reel. Okay. That's not real life. We are not Martha Stewart. We are not. These are real homes. These aren't (laughs) demos. Like this is real life. So keep it simple. And when it comes I mean, I think across the board with holidays, we could simplify so much when it comes to what we're buying for everyone. Like everything could probably be scaled back and we'd all be a lot happier. But let's at least talk about the menu. What I happen to love about holidays, we'll start with Thanksgiving, for example. 
the menu doesn't really have to change. We don't have to reinvent the wheel each year. Most likely we're doing turkey. I like to do just a few sides and do them really well so that you can actually enjoy all the elements. I think when there's too much stuff, you fill up on appetizers and all these other things and you can't really enjoy. I I love turkey. I feel like we should have turkey a lot more than once a year. So I do turkey. I do really simple, delicious mashed potatoes, which are in the book. I always pick a side that sometimes will vary, but some sort of green side. You've got pumpkin pie, like the menu's made for you. The menu's done. So just keep the menu simple so that you and your family can enjoy all of the elements and you can, as the host or hostess, enjoy yourself as well. And I have other tips too when it comes to the menu is to just have a plan going into it and write it down and check it twice and get your shopping done ahead of time. And because it can be very overwhelming when you have all these people coming to your house, there's so many things that need to be done house needs to be cleaned, got to have the the plates and all those things. There's so many elements. So you just want to get as much done ahead of time as you can. And for me, with a million things going on, I have to write it down. I have to write it down and have the plan for sure. Okay. So that you've given us some good ideas. First, let's keep it simple. We don't have to reinvent the wheel. Nope. If it's Thanksgiving, it's okay to just know that we're making turkey and a couple of sides. I want you to know that I I totally digressed from that one year. I decided that I was not going to have turkey and I made a prime rib and everyone was thrilled. But you you don't have to do that. You can just keep it simple. Then make sure you have a plan. Plan your day, make that happen. So that's great. Now let's talk about, you know, we're inviting people. Is it okay for us to ask them to help us out with what we're doing? A thousand percent. I highly recommend that you delegate. That's one of my top tips for being a good hostess. Because here's the thing, your guests most likely want to help as well. So when someone texts you and says, hey, I'm so happy you invited me. What can I bring? A lot of times we want to say, nothing. Don't bring a thing, just show up. When really we mean, God, I could use some help. <laughs> you know. So say what you mean. And go ahead and delegate some things. I really think this is important. Your guests want to help and they feel good about helping. So for me, for example, I love the food food of it all. I'm not a great baker. So I will oftentimes delegate the dessert. And my guests are so happy to have a job. They're like, great, I'll take care of dessert. I will oftentimes delegate something like, since I have the food under control, I'll say something like, you know what? you're really great with kids. Could you think about bringing a game for the kids to play while we're getting dinner ready? I usually put like my mother-in-law on paper plates and paperware, napkins, bring some flowers, things like that. So I am very good about when, when someone says, what can I bring? I happily give them a job. And I think it's just, it works out very well because you can't do it all. Like, don't be the martyr and oh, when people come and then you have no fun because uh, you're doing everything. So I'm really good about delegating and I think everyone's happier for it. And then I also think it's important to set your house up for success. And what I mean by that is everyone wants to hang out in the kitchen. We know no matter how big your house is, (laughs) everybody wants to hang in the kitchen because that's where all the action is. And I've run into a lot of problems where I am trying to I'm in the weeds. I'm in the weeds. I've got something in the oven. I've got apps out on my countertop in the kitchen and people are trying to make cocktails in my space. 
So I've learned over the years to kind of force people gently into a different direction of the house. So I will set cocktails up in the dining room. I will put whatever little nosh we have to start out with. If it's a charcuterie board or a little appetizer, I will put that away from me as well, like in the dining room. I kind of just gently put the things that people want away from me so that I can get done what I need to get done. And we don't have a bottleneck in the kitchen because that can be really stressful. There was one year I had probably 40 people over here for a holiday and I made the mistake. Somebody said, Hey, Maria, will you make one one of those awesome dirty martinis that you make? And I should have said, I can't right now. And I should have delegated because I was working on dinner and trying to get that out on time. Because at this point, you're like, it's almost like working in a restaurant. (laughs) You know, you've got timing and everything. And I made the mistake of making the one dirty martini. And when you see a dirty martini, you want one too. So it was like, oh, where'd you get? Oh, I want one of those too. You know what? Make that too. Oh, you know what? I want one. And I was slammed making cocktails when I really should have been focusing on getting our... So everything got behind. So when someone comes to the house, I'll put them on cocktail duty. I remember once I put a cousin on shoe duty. I said, you're in charge of making sure everyone takes off their shoes. Put them there. And he took it so seriously. He was thrilled. So put your family and friends to work. It's fine. And get people out of your space gently by putting little uh, crumbs to where they need to go. (laughs) You put the food and you put the drinks and you won't see them for a minute till you're ready. Well, that's valuable. It's no fun to be the host and have to do all the work and not be able to mingle with the guests that you've invited, which is the main purpose. It's the main purpose. Yeah. Okay. So you, well, and that's all about time management and trying to get the things done ahead of time so that you can be present and you can enjoy it because you, you want to be a part of that and they want you to be a part of it too. Well, and I'm glad that you brought up, I think you brought up paper plates because some people feel a little, yeah. maybe they don't have the finest china. It's okay to use yeah, paper plates. Okay. Yeah, we're not perfect. And you know what? It's not great for the environment. That's the only bad part about the paper plate. But when it comes to a big event, if you're hosting, all of these people to do 40. I don't have 40 plates. It doesn't work like that. So they make so many nice ones now. And some of them are even somewhat reusable, but there's also rentals. And we've done that before in the past when we've had a ton of people come. My parents used to do this. You can rent plates. And a lot of times with these companies that offer that, you uh, all you have to do is rinse them off and put them back like in the egg crate and, and send them off. So... <laughs> There's certain things that you can outsource if you're able to, and and I recommend it. And listen, everyone's going to have just, they're going to have a great time because the food is great and the company is great. They don't care if they're eating off of a, a nice, heavy plastic plate instead of fine china. They want to visit and they want to nosh. And that's, that's great. They do. They so, do. So now let's talk about fun. Because, I mean, it, it, fun is an absolutely essential part of any party. It's all of it. <laughs> so. What do, recommendations for how, besides just mingling, what do you do to make sure that people are enjoying themselves? I think it's sort of like when you go to a wedding and the bride and groom sort of dictate the evening. If the bride and groom are having fun, then the whole wedding is fun. If the bride and groom are on the dance floor dancing, then the whole place ends up dancing. I think it's similar when you're hosting. If the host and hostess are having fun and they're relaxed, then everybody's having fun and they're relaxed. So one of the keys for me is music. Everybody love. I love music. I need to have music on all the time. So setting the tone with fun music. I always have stuff 
for the kids to do. I always have some kind of game that we can play. We love left, right, center. I don't know if you've ever played that one. We like to gamble. We've There's apps that you can get on your phone for fun games. So after dinner, it's always fun to have some kind of game. In our house, we tend to do talent shows. <laughs> We're really big into talent shows. And we force everybody to do something. And it has become such a highlight of our holidays. These talent shows are ridiculous. Anything from the spoken word to musical instrument to my dad can recite uh, Cinderella backwards. He calls it Rindersella and he does the whole thing. I mean, it's you would be amazed at what your family can pull out when they're up against the ropes when it comes to talent. <laughs> so, so we love to do that. And that's where the memories are made, right? Like, don't worry too much. Your food's going to be fine. No one's going to remember if the turkey was dry that year or not. They're going to remember the feeling that they had, the way they felt that year at Thanksgiving and the people. And I host a podcast as well. And I we did one about making memories. And there's actual research that shows that memories are made when we go off script. For example, if every Thanksgiving were exactly the same and everything, it's kind of hard to differentiate, right? Like you kind of, you make memories based on things going off script. It's the year that it snowed so much that we had snow up to here and we couldn't get in the door that you remember, or the year that the turkey was actually frozen and never made it to the table. No one will. <laughs> so don't be too hard on yourself. Don't be too much of a perfectionist because remember when we go off script, when things aren't perfect, you're actually making memories for the family. Yeah. You might be the, the joke in the center of it, but that's okay. It's when the memories are made. So don't stress. I, I absolutely agree. I absolutely agree. When, yeah. we, when things just go through, when things go crazy, it, yeah. people laugh about it for years to come. And that's wonderful. Yeah. A couple of plugs for those who are looking for additional help. Familiar has published the Big Book of Family Games, only requires a pen and, pe and paper. And there you go. another book called Eat, Laugh, and Talk, the Family Dinner Playbook helps people know how they can have fun, converse, and eat at the same time. <laughs> I love that. I love, yeah, I love having a game component. I think, well, my family's very competitive. And so it's just really fun. It's really fun. And another quick little tip specifically for Thanksgiving because remembering that it's about being grateful and being thankful and that we're all together. And I tend to have a big group and I tend to have people from different walks of life. Sometimes people don't know each other, different families, different religious backgrounds, all those different things. So I wanted to do something that always made people feel comfortable. I know if I get put on the spot at a dinner table and someone asks me what I'm grateful for, I could feel a little awkward or embarrassed. So what I do is I have little sheets of paper and I have people anonymously fill, fill them out as they're having their little appetizers. Tell me something you're grateful for. And then they fold it up and they put it in a big bowl, like a big China bowl. And then at dinner, we go around and we pull one at random and we read what everyone's thankful for, not knowing who it belongs to, not trying to guess or anything, just all the things we're thankful for. And then once everyone's gone home, as part of my Thanksgiving, kind of as part of my uh, fall decor, I string them up along the fireplace, all the little thankfuls. Mm -hmm. And I'm able to watch, look at that for the rest of the season. And it's so sweet. I don't know who wrote what, but it's 
always really wonderful and just a nice reminder of that special day. Oh, like that's that. wonderful. What a yeah. great idea. Yeah, Thanks it's really nice. that. Gratitude. Yeah. It's, that makes a big difference as well. Yeah. Well, you've given us so much to think about. I'm sure our guests will have plenty of ideas of how they can make their holidays extra special and be willing to be creative and just be creative. Let things happen as they do. But yep. where can our guests find you online, Maria? The best place you can find me is probably Instagram. You can find me at Maria Sansone. I am always there sharing tips. I'm currently working on cooking my way through my own cookbook. (laughs) (laughs) So together we can work on, we can cook these recipes together. And now that we're at holiday time, I've got lots more tips and things like that. So you can find me there. And also on my website, mariasansone.com. There's tons of information there and uh, links for the book and things like that. Wonderful. Well, thank you. Well, as we conclude today's podcast, I'd like to thank Familias for the support in bringing this podcast to your ears and your heart. We'd be thrilled if you subscribed to the podcast and left us a review. And when you're ready for that next amazing book adventure, we'd be honored if you chose a book from Familias. One step at a time, one meal at a time, we can make the world a happier place.